There's an old saying that offense brings crowds and defense wins championships. So far in the 2021 season for the Pitt Panthers, they have decided to win championships with offense by averaging over 50 points per game and entering into a bye week before the toughest stretch of their schedule. Will this rampage continue against good competition? We'll discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. The one home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of October 9th, 2021. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. For a slick modern feel on the game of football, look no further than the Pitt Panthers. A stylish passing game is accentuated by their Heisman hopeful quarterback's amazing head of hair. This team isn't just luxury on the offensive side either. Watch in amazement as their highly rated defensive line continues to deliver five-star performances against even conference opponents. Sorry, Vince. I've been watching a lot of hotel reviews for Rome, Italy for an upcoming vacation, and (laughs) I don't know. I just got into it thinking about the Pitt Panthers in the same way. So elegant. So, so beautiful. Yeah, it it is quite remarkable. Uh, I mean, you you think about where this team was, you know, a few short years ago. Yeah, they won the ACC Coastal Division, but they, they ran it they won by basically running one play and just running straight ahead. Uh, you know, that uh, conference championship game against Clemson, Kenny Pickett could barely muster any passing yards in that game. Now, it, it this looks like an unstoppable force. Uh, we we got to discuss uh, some of the competition they're playing, but my goodness, Alan, uh, just up and down the field, nobody can seem to run with these guys. Yeah, and I think you and I are probably going to get into some hyperbole and get really excited and talk a lot about them because, well, why not? We don't. We're not used to rooting for a team that averages fifty points, more than fifty points a game. I mean, this is a. a I feel like a once in a lifetime, or at least a, a new room with a new view for fans of the Pitt Panthers. I'm enjoying this while it lasts, and I'm going to put on those those now those biased goggles because I believe now in the Pitt offense. Even though the competition, like you said, hasn't been amazing, I just feel like the competition in the ACC is so even. I think we already have a glimpse of what Pitt's in for. It's just going to depend on what they see that given day, if anyone's going to keep them under even 30. So I feel good coming out of that Georgia Tech game that we're we're seeing a Pitt offense that is one – maybe for the ages. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'm about ready to do it already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, 2016, uh, you know, Matt Canada had this offense, you know, really humming. Uh, But, Alan, that may have been just a gimmick offense. This is legitimate passing we are seeing here. Yes. Uh, No no frills, nothing – uh, nothing really fancy or special about it. They're just lining up and daring you to stop them. 
I'm this is this is really impressive what we've seen so far. But again, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves uh, because we have this Georgia Tech game taped to break down, and of course it was one ACC game. Pitt also has the blemish on the record, so there's plenty to be skeptical about. But as a Pitt fan, your team now in the middle of the season, starting ACC play, but for all intents and purposes, about the middle of the season is averaging over 50 points. That's pretty incredible, pretty exciting. Let's talk about it and see if it's legit and what we're going to be in for the rest of the way. It's a bye week, so it's a different type of show, Vince, but... As usual, we're going to give everybody the information they need to know to start off if they want to interact with us at H2P Show on Twitter. That's where they do it. And, of course, we are available via email. Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. And we are on Panther Lair. We're on Reddit. We're talking pit football everywhere. It's cool to talk pit football on the Internet. And we see what you're saying. We interact with you and uh, we feel you and we appreciate you listening to the show each and every week. We're getting great feedback and uh, we're going to keep doing the show for you because you're enjoying it. We enjoy doing it, especially with how easy we, we the show is to put together, Vince, because of Pretty Easy Podcasts. And anybody can get a show done like we do at prettyeasypodcast.com. Hey. It might not be the best podcast idea. You might not be totally confident in your podcast idea, but you want to do one. You'll have someone in your corner helping you out every step of the way, just like we have at prettyeasypodcast.com. Radio professionals helping podcasters podcast. That's what they're all about, making it easy on you. It's all at prettyeasypodcast.com. And again, Vince, every week we start the show, you can say, I can't believe how damn easy it is to get this thing going every week. You just pop on and they do the rest. Yep. Yep. You get your own personal producer. They take care of all that work for you. All you got to do is just worry about the content. Now I'll tell you, Alan, they, they really do make podcasting uh, pretty easy. Now, would you say it was easy for Pitt against Georgia tech? Cause when <laughs> I'm uh, being asked to do chores during a game and I don't fight back, you know it's a good game for for the Pitt Panthers. I had to like haul a bunch of crap out of a barn in the middle of this game, and I really wasn't too upset about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it seemed pretty easy. I mean, right from the jump, Alan. Uh, you know, uh, 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 an interception, uh, Chase Pine uh, leading to a touchdown. Johnny Patrician, uh, that fox guarding the hen house, he gets a pick six. Uh, Panthers jumping up on top of him. You know, Georgia Tech gets a score, Pitt comes right back, and then just was not looking back at him, off to the races, uh, putting up, you know, uh, 40 in the first half, and then just cruising in the second half. Uh, really, you know, if they wanted to, probably could have piled on a little bit more in that second half, even taking a knee uh, down on the goal line at the end of the game. Uh, just, just so impressive for this offense. For a moment, I'll admit, for a moment, the end of the first half, during halftime, I thought, are they going to try to put 80 on him? Can they put 80 on him? I think they could put 80 on him. But uh, they did They did step off the gas a little bit in the second half, I think. Um, but this, uh, this game was enjoyable for a, a litany of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, it was the I – th- I would say the coming out party – for Kenny Pickett, at least in the eyes of people who follow the ACC closely. I think you will now see people who are who have incentive 
to you know boost the ACC as a conference, like the people on the ACC network, for instance, uh, they're going to sing the praises of Kenny Pickett on a national scale. And he is now being talked about as one of those kind of quarterbacks countrywide, Vince. I mean, I in I mean, obviously in family circles saw text messages with the word Heisman in them. I don't think it's going that crazy outside of, uh, you know, Ginzers and big pit fans, uh, but yeah. it's not far off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I uh, you know, I was watching a lot of national stuff and certainly on the ACC network, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, Kenny Pickett, but even some national shows I watched, uh, you know, people were taking notice. I even watched some, uh, uh, some betting uh, folk, and they were saying, you know what? You might want to sprinkle a little bit on, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett at a at a sixty to one possibility to win that Heisman Trophy. Who knows? You know, uh, Georgia Tech coming into this game, uh, you know, they held Clemson to fourteen points in in a close loss. They beat North Carolina and really uh, frazzled Sam Howe, uh, former Heisman Trophy candidate, sacked him eight times in that game. And uh, see, they were really riding high, and Kenny Pickett comes in there and just slicing them up like a side of fries. I mean, just unbelievable the way he was looking, just hitting people all over the field. Just so impressive some of the throws that he was making, putting up big numbers. And you're right, Alan. People are going to start to take notice, uh, especially when they got some big games coming up. And I think that's really going to decide it. But, you know, he's starting to get on the radar of some people. Hell yes. And it's awesome, too, because you see him out there and he is a guy who is enjoying the fact that he made the decision to stay in a unique year. I mean, I'm so glad Kenny Pickett did it for himself, not even for the Pitt uh, team and, you know, the the potential damage they could do in the ACC. But uh, Kenny Pickett is in a rare situation to be, a, you know, this, this su- kind of super senior uh, with a chance to really up his value for uh, NFL prospects and getting drafted, totally taking advantage of it. Surrounded by a bunch of players, other guys like Tazier Mack, for instance, just who have been around, in, you know, with respects to how college football works in eternity, uh, which is rare. You rarely get a chance to do something like that. So Pickett made the right choice, I think, already. You could see it. But you also already could tell he is facing, you know, def- players on defense that are 18, 19, and he looks like he is years ahead of those kind of players in terms of the mental aspects of the game, the confidence, and just knowing what to do with the ball in his hands. So Pitt has a huge advantage, I think, the rest of the way that I don't even think some of us as Pitt fans really uh, gave enough credence to. Maybe the offensive line isn't the greatest run-blocking unit, but they could pass-protect enough for a guy like Kenny Pickett. Maybe more than enough we're seeing, and I'm just feeling all kinds of confidence and love, confidence and love for the big man on campus, Vince. I I mean – he is, dare I say, now my favorite pit quarterback in my lifetime, surpassing Tyler Palco, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, you, you, you really think it's just that he's older? Is that is that what you you think? I, I, there's no doubt about it that uh, you know, I think you know as much heat as we've given uh, Coach Whipple, you know, he has done an excellent job developing these quarterbacks and he's got to be given some credit, but I also, I'm looking at the personnel around this team, Alan, and 
you know, you talked about the offensive line, and I do want to get to that in a little bit, but uh, I want to talk about these receivers and tight ends. I mean, how many times last year were we saying, oh, if the guy would have just caught the ball, you know, how much different, you know, this offense would have been. And I think you got to, you got to give a, a, a lot of credit to, to coach uh, Brennan Marion, wide receiver coach uh, coming in here. And I don't know if it's him or what it is, but, you know, these receivers, these tight ends are not dropping nearly as many passes as they were, uh, you know, in in recent years. Yeah, they had a couple drops. They've had a couple drops this year, but my goodness, I mean, they are, are making the catches when they need to, and that is it's just night and day from what it was uh, last last year. Especially the tight ends. Especially the tight ends. I mean, this is this is uh, incredible to watch. You know, that to not really have that uh, issue for the offense. Also, that's one of the big differences. You're right. Um, I also I think we should look at probably what Kenny Pickett's done in the off season outside of football. Just he is he's podcasting. He's doing a lot of media radio shows. He's really owning the leadership role in the public eye and doing all, all these things that are, you know, extra, they're unnecessary, but he's doing charity work in addition to NIL stuff he is, I think a total package and also a guy who's just mentally prepared for the position he's in. If Kenny Pickett was at another university uh, of, you know, a higher caliber, I'll say that than the pit foot than Pitt playing football, if he was, you know, recruited him and, and starting at Notre Dame, he would be the most talked about player, I think, in the country uh, at this point with how, you know, he's handled himself. He's got it all. Um, and now to see where his draft stock goes is the next most interesting thing to me. I've never really been too invested in seeing where a pit guy goes in an NFL draft unless they're going to the Steelers. Steelers have a chance to maybe get Kenny Pickett, who knows? But I just I cannot wait to see what happens with Pickett because the arguments already are, ah, nah, he's no NFL quarterback. A lot of people will still tell you that. But, I mean, if you're watching Pitt every week, he looks like he'd fit the mold for what an NFL quarterback is now. Yeah, I, I would certainly say so. Uh, you know, he's making tough throws. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying this guy, is, you know, he doesn't have a, a true rocket on his arm like a Justin Herbert. Uh, but, you know, he's got mobility. He's shown the ability to hit open guys, you know, make some progressions, uh, you know, and make tough throws. Uh, I, I I don't see, you know, how, you know, this guy right now, I would say is certainly at least a day two pick, uh, a second or third round pick, uh, which is saying a lot because last year, you know, it was borderline whether this uh, kid would even get drafted. And now uh, look at this rise that he's had. And and it could go even higher, Alan. Uh, you know, you know, we talked about he's got big games coming up. There's going to be some big games, some national television uh, games that people are going to be getting. And they got to come out and win those games. And Kenny Pickett's got to look impressive. And if Pitt's going to win those games, Kenny Pickett's going to have to look impressive and, and lead them to a victory. And I think he can do it. Yeah, they're coming up big time. Virginia Tech, Clemson. These are the moments that are, are going to make it uh, in terms of 
his uh, draft stock, but also as a team pit in that coastal hunt looking, uh, you know, like, like they, they've been talked about. They're looking like a team that, you know, should be favored in most of these games. And I also want to point out that we called it Jordan Addison leading the country in touchdowns. We said that beginning of the year. No surprise there. Oh, no, not, not at all. Yeah, we saw that coming. What I did not see coming, and I, I can, still can't believe what I saw this week, Vince. And you put it on the rundown, even confirming that I, I wasn't delusional when I was looking at ACC websites and social media. Gabe Hoy, the lineman of the week. Yeah, Alan, I think you owe him an apology for that. <laughs> I do. Maybe not for as much as what I've said about him on this show. I mean, I've said some things about Gabe Hoy not being an ideal uh, fit on this line, at least for my eye test. But off the show, too, I've said, oh, I probably things that would really be embarrassing if it came out and anyone heard him but you. So I do apologize to Gabe Hoy for everything I said after this week. Looking all right yep. against Georgia Tech. Yeah, him him, and that and that whole offensive line just played outstanding. You know, the – uh, you know, as far as pass blocking goes, uh, you know, they, I thought last year they were pretty good. This year they are playing great. You know, uh, that we talked about it. Georgia Tech, eight sacks the previous week. They didn't really get close to picket at all uh, th- this past week. And they're using you're using multiple guys in this lineup. Uh, Goncalves, Matt Goncalves got in there. Uh, you know, I've been calling out for this guy. And I thought whenever he was in. Uh, at that right tackle spot, making a huge difference in the running game. Uh, I thought that, you know, he just moving people out of the way. Uh, Pitt ran the ball uh, pretty effectively, probably their best uh, running out output uh, so far this year. Uh, Israel Bonaconda, 60 yards rushing. Vincent Davis, 50 yards rushing. Rodney Hammond, 48 yards. Uh, getting it done with all three different guys. Uh, and And that's it was it was a big difference in the second half. Uh, you know they did gouge him a little bit in the first half, but that second half really made it so Pitt didn't have to do a whole lot, be able to you know get some longer drives in there, running the football effectively. Uh, and we talked about it last week. There are going to be games, Alan, where that that passing game may not be clicking. I mean, <laughs> each week I'm getting a little bit more and more confident that maybe that won't happen, but there could be a game where they're going to have to rely on, on the running backs to get some tough yards. And, and they showed this week, I think, that they're very capable of that. Yeah, and I mean, the they pointed out, out also during the broadcast that I think we should um, pay t- pay attention to as well. Uh, you know, Abanaconda is our, is our darling going into this season. Obviously, we want to see him succeed. But Rodney Hammond getting the reps that he's getting now, uh, especially from a coach like Pat Narduzzi, who we've said is it's tough to get. Uh, I think it's tough to get snaps in our in our in Narduzzi's defense. It, I mean, it used to be now everybody is, but they're all you know veterans. But for a running back like him, who came in onto campus in June uh, to get six carries in the first ACC game, I mean, he was thir- third in touches, but at running back, but making the most out of him, averaging eight yards a carry. Uh, to see where he goes moving forward the rest of the season is going to be uh, really interesting and possibly exciting because maybe Pitt is going to have some 100-yard rushers uh, coming up here pretty soon. Considering, uh, Vince, the progression they've each made and the team has made also in the run game, I don't think these running backs are incapable of it. It's mostly an offensive line issue, I would say, 
uh, especially looking at a guy like Rodney Hammond. That guy is freaking jacked and ready to attack defenses. He looks like he's playing defense, uh, running the ball, looking for someone to smash. <laughs> he is. I mean, he he, he is. He's, he's a powerful runner uh, for sure. And I, I, whenever I see that, I mean, you're seeing this freshman uh, come out here and do that. I, I get pretty excited about it because, you know, if you look at this roster and you say, um, you know, what's this team going to be like, uh, you know, next year? You hate to talk about next year already, but you say, okay, well, Kenny Pickett, you know, he's going to be off to the NFL draft. You know, Nick Patty, from what I've seen, I'm pretty confident that he's going to come in next year and do a good job. But what we're seeing, I think, is, you know, we're going to have a good stable running backs that's going to be able to maybe lean on them earlier in the season uh, next year. So I, I think that's very exciting. Uh, we've been critical of you know the run blocking. We've been critical of the play calling for some of these runs, Alan, running out of the shotgun a little bit too much for your liking. But I think we've seen you know if the offensive line is doing their job. You know if if we're getting en- enough good blocking there, then then that that uh, running out of the shotgun can be effective. And I think we've seen some of that. Yeah, I mean, it is college football, too, so that's more acceptable. Running out of the shotgun in the pros, though, is really upsetting me. But that's a whole other topic for another show that we don't even do and I don't even want to do right now. But let's talk about the pit defense <laughs> now some <laughs> and, and get into the the game they had. Uh, given up 21 uh, to Georgia Tech, uh, but, you know, they, they gave up a lot of yards, but they made the big plays, and, and that – I mean, I, yeah. I'm almost ready to forget that uh, Patrician went to Penn State at all with all the splash plays <laughs> he's making this year. Um, again, though, I didn't notice. I mean, because of all those the, all those yards, you could you know why those happen. Those the all the yards that Pitt will give up. What is it over 400 in this game? Uh, yep, it's the missed tackles. Lots of missed yep. tackles. Most of them in the secondary. But also, you know, uh, defensive linemen not even wrapping up sometimes, and that that gets frustrating. And against a team like Georgia Tech, maybe you could get away with it. Uh, I'm surprised Pitt got away with it as much as they actually did in this game. But uh, coming up in these next few games, even a crappy Clemson offense for them this year, uh, that's not going to fly. Yeah, I, I don't, Alan, I don't know if you noticed this, but I, I saw a lot of guys slipping on that Georgia Tech turf. Uh, down there so I don't know if that had something to do with uh, some of the missed tackles that we had I mean overall it is a little concerning Uh, you know I mean Georgia Tech's got you know that that uh, running back that they had and and certainly Sims the quarterback I mean they're good runners you know we got to give them some credit for that Um, but yeah the tackling definitely needs to improve hopefully on on the you know the, the beautiful grass of Blacksburg and Heinz Field uh, will be able to you know regain our footing a little bit and be able to wrap up. I hope. I hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I'm for, not going <laughs> to hold my breath, but I hope too. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, uh, the the splash plays, the big situational plays. I mean, th- this is college football, uh, 2021. You're going to give up yards. I mean, you know, outside of you know a Georgia. Uh, you know, how many defenses out there are really putting clamps down on teams? You know, there aren't too many. Uh, and whenever you're scoring as many points as Pitt is, that that's okay. 
because Pitt is making the big splash plays, the sacks, uh, the turnovers. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this defense, Allen, is third down performance, red zone performance. Georgia Ooh. Tech on third and fourth down, three for 15 in this game. Uh, in the red zone, only two for four. That means that they're getting off the field on those money downs, something that has plagued this team uh, the past several years. I mean, whether it is, you know, deep balls down the sideline, a, a receiver on a slant route running wide open in the middle of the field, those kind of things that killed us in that Western Michigan game, you know, that stuff was mostly corrected in this game in terms of, of, of big plays. And in contrast, you know, Pitt, third and fourth down, eight for 15. That's over 50% that they're, they're getting a first down in those situations. In the red zone, five for five. You know, making sure when they get in there, they're getting the points, not settling for field goals. That's big time stuff right there. That's winning football. Oh, man. And watch, watching some of these players uh, this year on defense – they they are just getting started. I feel like seeing a guy like Haba Baldonado, what he's done uh, so far this season, and not it, and he hasn't even stepped into that major loud. Cra- I mean Tennessee a little bit, but I'm talking about ACC conference play. When we see Haba Baldonado out there, like the pressure he's gonna get, I just can't wait for the splash plays when his big Italian arms get up in the air and bat a ball for someone to pick. Keyshawn Camp is back. Keyshawn Camp is getting pressure like he was pre-injury. Cansey stepping it up even further after last year. So we're not seeing anybody skip a beat. We're seeing everybody, I feel, live up to their expectations defensively. Uh, obviously, the uh, secondary is, is coming up too. I mean, the secondary, they're making plays. They need to shore up the tackling. Uh, they need to, you know, eliminate some splash plays. I mean, when we when we see Pitt line up there against some of these, you know, NFL caliber wide receivers, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, yeah. Narduzzi schemes it. Is he just going to go out there, you know, uh, w- all machoed out and just saying I'm going to do what I always do and 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 really put his guys up against that kind of talent, or will they they scheme to stop guys like that? Because Clemson will have guys like that. Uh, you know, Pitt and Pitt is going to be facing guys like that. Even I was, I mean, of course, with UNC, uh, but even th- you know, with um, players, Miami's going to throw at you uh, offensively. They could beat you deep. So th- this this secondary has improvements to make, but they look fine. They look good. They look like they are ACC Coastal Championship ready, and that's why you know Pitt is even with the blemish to Western Michigan worst day of all of our lives. Not really, but a terrible day. Uh, it's already three weeks later, not looking so bad uh, because Pitt's looking fine in the ACC, but also uh, Western Michigan looks like they're going to win the MAC. Yeah, uh, it, hopefully that was a wake up call uh, for this defense. You know, uh, they went and this coaching staff. You know that uh, quarterback LB for for Western Michigan. It, this he looks really good. Uh, you know, against Pitt, he played the game of his life. He was extremely accurate on all those throws. And that is kind of the kind of quarterback that this scheme and Pitt has really struggled with 
over over the past several years. Uh, whenever they play these quarterbacks that are more runners and not as accurate, you know, Pitt has done very well uh, against those kind of players. Uh, but against a guy like like that that can that can you know really squeeze the ball into some tight spots and hit his man, you know, that's where they start to struggle. Uh, and they're going to be going up against some good quarterbacks uh, coming up, and they got to be willing. Uh, maybe to adjust a little bit more or do something different uh, or they're really going to have to step up their game. They got to do something in order to stop those guys. Uh, They can't just always rely on this offense to to score 50 points a game. Yeah. And you know, Pitt's uh, defense is going to be seeing they're, they're going to be game planning for some players. I'm interested to see how they do that. Uh, for not even the quarter, just the quarterbacks they see, but like the, the receivers pit matching up against like because of that game last year, what Zay Flowers did to them, what everyone who played for oh, NC State yeah. did for them. Yep. I want to see how Pitt uh, plays guys like Josh Downs at UNC, or uh, even that Jake Bobo, great name at Duke. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they they, they have players that they're going to have to, you know, really prepare for moving forward. Um, you know, Rambo from Miami, who's, I think, picking his game up a little bit. Uh, they they are going to be getting into uh, some ACC matchups where they are going to be playing guys that are going to be have the ability to really do damage against a team that makes the, the mistakes the Pitt defense has made so far this year. Tavian Robinson from Virginia Tech is the next one to keep an eye out on. Um, but for, for now, I think if you're a Pitt fan and if you're and you're a odds maker, which they're saying Pitt looks good in the ACC, Vince, what we saw against Georgia tech confirmed a, a lot about, uh, a lot about some things, but I think also illuminated, uh, some people on just how damn good the offense is first and foremost, how explosive, how, I mean, just cold blooded and, and prepared. Kenny Pickett is, and then defensively, just how dangerous Pitt's defense is because at any moment they could just change it. You might have a big 35-yard play on Pitt. The next play, this defense is very capable to get a strip sack, batted ball interception, and that's been happening. And that continuing to happen uh, throughout ACC play means Pitt will be not only in line to maybe win the Coastal, but maybe the whole damn conference. Wouldn't that be something? It, it would be something, and uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's it's nice to have the team get a bye week, heal up a little bit. But man, I wish they were playing this Saturday. Uh, I can't wait to break down that Virginia Tech game next week. That is going to be a monster showdown. There, the winner going to be in the catbird seat for the uh, for the for the ACC Coastal Championship. I'm going to be watching that Virginia Tech Notre Dame game. Uh, this Saturday night, very closely scouting them. Uh, cannot wait for that one. Uh, this is this is a big big time stuff next week, Alan. Uh, a, a very meaningful game in October. We don't always get those. Yeah, and I'll, and I'm going to be uh, rooting hard for Virginia Tech against Notre Dame. Not only because it's Notre oh, Dame, yeah. but uh, because oh, yeah. they screwed me last week betting on them. But um, also, uh, yeah, I don't know though. I feel like I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy it's a buy this week. But I feel like. I wish the Clemson game was the first game out of the bye instead of the Virginia Tech game. What about you? It's it's really a toss-up because playing in Blacksburg is 
going to be the most difficult. Kenny Pickett's even said it's the most difficult place he's ever played in terms of atmosphere. But I don't know. Pitt coming out of a bye against Clemson, uh, this kind of Clemson team, oh, man, I would be licking my chops. But we'll see if they win yeah. in Blacksburg, too. Yeah, and, and you know, Clemson, they're, they're a wounded animal right now you know yeah they yeah they've been squeaking by on some wins uh they got a lot of injuries though uh some players transferring out uh th- there's something to miss there uh yeah i definitely don't want to have them get some time to regroup uh but you know the schedule is what it is we got to get go out there next week take care of business that that's a that's a huge game that's bigger than the clemson game right now alan because it's the next one absolutely absolutely and uh, yeah, it's my last game watching um, Pitt play uh, f- from an American television for me until uh, the Syracuse game. So I'm going to be watching the rest all season long at like, I don't know what time do our games are out. Big noon kickoffs are like 8 p.m. in Italy, aren't they? So I'm going to be I'm, every game's going to be prime time for me the rest of the season. Well, well, you could uh, you could probably go to Haba's family over there and, and watch with them. Oh, How yeah. About that? I might I might slide up in his DMs and uh, and see if I uh, if he needs uh, uh, any pit pit people to hang out with his family to watch him uh, kick ass the rest of the way. But man, what a fun player to watch! What a fun time to be alive as a pit fan! And who would have thought that just a few weeks ago? But here we are. Because and, and you know it's not false. It's it's real. It's what you see on your the coverage of college football. Pitt is in kind of a driver's seat in the ACC. And then online, uh, people are starting to believe again as on the pit side. And then elsewhere, people are recognizing. And, and you just go to the internet and check it out. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. First up, Vince, we'll, we'll look at Uptown Privileges on Panther Lair, who said Pitt's coaches and players just need to have that lunchbox mentality that every game is a chance to prove Ron Cook wrong. Focus and beat the team they play that day. I don't think the coaches and players are thinking about Ron Cook when they go play every Saturday. But I know a lot of fans will, Vince, like Uptown Privileges. Whatever gets Uptown Privileges up for a game, though, I want him, him or her, to be motivated by their, their, their need to prove a guy like Ron Cook wrong. I mean, I don't know who listens to Ron Cook anymore, but if you are and he's firing you up, to each his own. Whatever gets you motivated. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you got to take a take a page out of Bobby Boucher's book, and you, you got to just visualize an attack, visualize an attack, and you know, if you. <laughs> If, you know, maybe Pitt would tackle better if they, if they yeah. were just visualizing Ron Cook there. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe uh, Darduzzi should just put pictures of Ron Cook out there on 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 everyone's locker, on the whole defensive line's locker, and on on all the special or the uh, secondary's lockers. Get them really upset when they get back from practice and they just get mad. And they're always just angry. Before the game, run out through, and you know how they run through the paper? Run through just a bit. Everybody yeah. just run through a big portrait of Ron Cook. <laughs> Probably scare a lot of people away. But you know, you, you, go, you don't want to... You, you, you got to... The, the teams they're going to be going up against are, are, are good enough to beat them if they, if they don't uh, bring their A game. 
There's no doubt about that. Uh, they got to show up, take it one game at a time. All those cliches, very important. Well, uh, what but, we've said, know, t- t- respect your opponent. Respect the yeah. opponent, most importantly. And, and the thing is, if you don't want, you know, we, we talk a lot about how this local media uh, doesn't, you know, respect Pitt at all and looks for every chance they can to say something bad about them. Well, don't give them anything bad to say. Go out there and beat all these teams that you're supposed to beat. Even beat some that you're not supposed to beat. And look good doing it, and th- there's not nothing they're going to be able to say. And if you're a Pitt fan who maybe isn't into the local scene as much, maybe you're a Pitt fan you're not even in Pittsburgh. Uh, Ron Cook is, um, let me just say, he's no be no cook. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up here on the Pitternet, Vince, uh, this, this comes from PFF, Pro Football Focus, which, I mean, we, have, we they have all sorts of marks here that you put in here for me to read off. Top three among power five offenses and explosive play rate and yards per attempt with Kenny Pickett. Uh, they are 112th in, in the strength of schedule and then jump to 42nd when looking at the re- remaining schedule. Uh, they have a great passing grade. All these uh, good notches in their belt from the PFF perspective. But my favorite PFF stat that actually didn't make it in here is I'm looking at, at the the odds and the likelihood to win, to get to a bowl game and to uh, win overall. Pitt has the best chance of any team in the ACC, according to PFF, to win the ACC right now. Better than Clemson, better than Wake Forest. Yeah, that, that's impressive. Uh, PFF, you know, they have a top 25 ranking and I don't know if people vote on this or they use computers or, or what they do, uh, but they got pit ranked in the top 25, something those, those other major polls do not. Uh, and I think it kind of shows that, you know, yeah, they, you know, pit has, you know, with any team that, that isn't ranked coming into the season, you're going to have a disadvantage. You know, you got to climb that ladder. And any loss that you have, especially to to a Mac school, a school of that caliber, is going to really knock you down a whole hell of a lot. But you know, Pitt, if if they keep winning, and if they keep uh, you know beating teams impressively the way they've done, you know, they'll get the respect that they deserve. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Right now, Pitt has a 27 percent chance to win the ACC, according to PFF, and an 8% chance to get to the college football playoff. Hey, I'll take that. 8%? That's not 0%. <laughs> wow. Well, if you think whenever the, the season started, Clemson, I think, had a 99.5% chance of winning the ACC, and then the rest of the teams collectively, I think, was a 0.5% chance. So they made up a lot of ground in, in that standpoint. And you know what? All that means nothing when you're talking about we're right now in October. So obviously we don't want to get ahead of it. But as a Pitt fan, it's just fun to see stuff like that, especially three weeks after what was a devastating loss. Uh, We have anything else here on the Pinternet we should check out? Um, I mean, I I saw some other things on uh, on Reddit who people now are comparing Kenny Pickett to. Uh, Dan Marino, and they're getting into that argument. I don't oh, want to get on, into that just yet. 
Uh, <laughs> he passed him uh, this week, but I mean, there's there's it a was lot one of, of those weird records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like most touchdown passes in a three consecutive game span. Like who who made that up? Like who was keeping track of that? People who look closely at the stats and the numbers. You got to follow the numbers, um, but. Also, you just got to follow the trends. And right now the trend in Pittsburgh is that the Pitt Panther football team is seemingly the best thing going right now for the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, unless you're looking at people like Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, I would still say is uh, the best thing we got going sports-wise, Vince. But Pitt's getting close, and people are taking notice all around town. They they really are. You know, know, I'm out on the factory floor. I'm hearing people talking about them. I'm hearing people up in the office, you know, saying, you know, this team might be actually pretty good. Do you see how many points they scored this week? People love that. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You think this Pitt team's the only good team in town? Yeah, you know, the Steelers, they, they got to get rid of Ben, get rid of Tomlin. The Pens, they got no Malkin or Crosby, neither. Yeah, and, you know, the Buckos, they ain't everybody going to be good with Bob Nutting. Hell no. And then you got Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel, who knows when they'll ever be good again. Yeah, but, you know, that, that volleyball team, they're really good. You know, they're ranked number two or something. I don't know. Hell to Pitt. But the answer's awesome. So that's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, it, we could be in for some dark times in the city of Pittsburgh right now, sports-wise. But it seems like the Pitt Panthers and, and the BMOC, Kenny Pickett, are just this beacon of light right, you know, shining from the, the Cathedral of Learning. Uh, it, it's pretty exciting. Uh, hopefully we could keep it going, keep it moving through this bye week. Uh, it, it's a, it's good to be on a bye week, maybe, Alan. There's a lot of big games around the country I want to talk to you about. Oh, college football. Big games. You got a Red River rivalry. We've got those hogs against Matt Corral. It's the Vince Bowl. We've got some big ones that we're going to talk about right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at a, a, a big noon kickoff. Allen, Texas State Fair, Cotton Bowl, uh, number six Sooners, uh, three-point favorite against the number 21 Longhorns. Uh, Oklahoma is, is just, somehow they're undefeated, but they're just sputtering all over the place. Uh, Texas seems to have rebounded uh, from that loss at Arkansas. Um, Allen, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised Oklahoma's a, a favorite in this game with the way Texas is playing. Uh, I guess I got to go with the Longhorns. I really don't have that much respect for Oklahoma, but they are favored for some reason. Yeah, they're fa- they they have the offense, and you know this is this is what they do. I feel like we've seen Oklahoma uh, slow out the gates in recent memory, and then they they play Texas, kick their ass, and then they go back to the, where they belong <laughs> in the Big Twelve. Um, and that's kind of what I expect. I mean, I see the line for this is what three and a half. I yeah. got Oklahoma by well over that touchdown victory. Uh, this is going to – this is – also, you don't forget, this is Sark's first foray into this rivalry. That's not going to be easy for him. Um, so I'm I'm looking at the, the trends, and I just see Spencer Rattler just getting better and increasing those numbers and try still, – still, you know, an, a chance at stepping into the Heisman conversation. 
I, I, at this point, I'd be a little surprised if that happens, but uh, I, I could see Oklahoma winning this game. Um, yeah, they, they do have a, a pretty stout run defense. Uh, Texas, you know, pretty inconsistent throwing the ball. They're going to try to run it with B. John Robinson. Uh, so that maybe plays into the Sooners' hands. Um, so I, I, I could definitely see what you're saying in, in Oklahoma coming out with a win. This th- let me say this though: there are uh, ten defenses in the uh, Big Twelve, and I would put both of these defenses in the bottom half of the conference, and they're Texas and Oklahoma. So uh, they yeah, they're going to be points scored in this game. They're going to be points scored in this game. Oklahoma's run defense, yeah, a little bit better. You think? But I don't think it's going to matter. I think, yeah, I think I- we're going to see a lot of points scored in this one. I actually already have a bet in on the under in this game, uh, 63 and a half the total. Um, I, I just see, you know, Texas really trying to run the ball, slow the game down, and Oklahoma good at, good at stopping the run, and i got to see the Ratman really put up a big game before I'm a believer. Well, there you go. That's the big noon on ABC, but not the real big noon. The real, real big noon. Oh. Uh, are we even get- whoa, whoa. This is a, the real, real big noon. Yeah, number 13, Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, six and a half point dog in the Grove uh, at number 17, Ole Miss, Allen. Uh, Some interesting line movement in this game I want to talk to you about. This game opened at at five, okay, and and groups came in and they, they gave the five, they gave five and a half, six, six and a half, it got up to seven. Allen, and then another group came in and and took the seven, and now we're back down at six and a half uh, at at the West. That's a line from the Westgate Superbook uh, in Las Vegas. So just under a touchdown here, uh, the Rebels favored. Uh, It's tough to bet against. I know they got blasted last week. Both these teams did, really. It's tough to bet against Sam Pittman as an underdog, but I think Arkansas may be just too banged up for this game. Yeah, Arkansas is banged up, and, you know, Ole Miss is – Ole Miss against teams that aren't Alabama, I'll give them a shot all the time with the offense that they put out there. So scoring, you know, over 40 against Arkansas, totally doable. Um, This isn't a team that's learning who they are, like when Arkansas got to face Texas – uh, this is a team that knows exactly who they are, and they knew they weren't good enough to beat Alabama. They weren't going to come close, but they're good enough to beat Arkansas. They probably will beat Arkansas, but I'm not betting against Sam Pittman. Upset city, Vince. This is my outright underdog winner bet, and I'm making it because why the hell not when you got Sam Pittman out there ready to pit bull his way through the SEC, make some splashes, get the Hogs back on the map, and I just respect uh, KJ Jefferson, tough, tough kid. Yeah, at quarterback for the he, Hawks. he is. Yeah, uh, I I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game because I don't. As you said last week, Allen Ole Miss and on, on defense, he's <laughs> yeah. And KJ Jefferson also uh, is from Mississippi, so this is a okay. Uh, this, this probably a, a personal game. game. Yeah, for for him, probably knows a lot of guys on the other side of the field. Well, and like you said, you know. 
Ole Miss, you know, their defense last week, their their focus is just getting the ball back to the offense as quickly as possible by any means necessary. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're giving up a touchdown or or what have you. Uh, but, Matt, you know, Matt Corral playing at home, I think, you know, he, he does very well there at the Grove. I, I, I am going to pick the Rebels Ole Miss to win this game. Uh, but but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arkansas won. Now, Alan, you you cover you've covered the SEC West uh, for quite a while. Uh, to me, these are two of the best cheers in the whole country. Uh, d- do you have a favorite here, Woo Pig or or Hotty Toddy? Oh, Woo Pig, Suey, all day for sure, absolutely. Uh, I know some Hotty Toddy people more. But so I probably heard it more, and it annoys me more, and I've made fun of it more. But <laughs> Suey all the way, woo pig, and you know I covered the SEC, but during my time covering the SEC, uh, this was never an interesting game. Now it is. That's <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for this one. This, this is this is this may be the game of the year, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh yeah, the Vince Bowl. <laughs> Here it is. Well, well, maybe, maybe if uh, you know, by some you know miraculous thing in like the, um, I don't know, the Fiesta Bowl, we get Ole Miss versus SMU. May, that'll be the game of the year. Hopefully, that happens. Yeah. Um, or Kenny Pickett versus uh, Matt Corral in the in the in a big bowl game. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that might be a battle to see who's the number one overall pick. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, number <laughs> number two, Georgia, uh, playing. It's now up to up to fifteen and a half uh, on the road on the plains at, at number eighteen, Auburn. Uh, it, Alan, I'd be. I, I'll speak for both of us. We don't care for Auburn. Well, one, one I don't bit. care for Auburn. And and Georgia, it doesn't seem to matter who their quarterback is. You know whether it was you know Stetson Bennett, Colt Bennett. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, their defense is so good that they're just it, it, nobody can score on these guys. No, yeah, I'm I'm more interested in. I mean, this game isn't even really fun to pick. It's obviously George is going to crush them, but I don't know if Bo Nix is going to get Auburn's offense to score more than ten points in this game. Yeah, I, they. Yeah, I was actually I was good. actually looking at that. I was actually looking at that out, Alan. Uh, Auburn's team total. Uh, sitting at 15 and a half right now. I don't know if uh, – and Georgia, I think, has only let up one offensive touchdown all year. I don't know if Auburn's going to be able to score two. Now, they are at home. Uh, you know, I don't know if you watched that that uh, Auburn-LSU game last week. Bo Nix was making these Auburn-type plays uh, in order <laughs> to come back and win that game in the fourth quarter. You know those Auburn-type plays where it's just like – Tons of scrambling around and missed tackles, and all of a sudden somebody's wide open. Uh, and it, they they somehow won that game. I'm not quite sure. Uh, maybe that's more of a reflection on LSU. I, I don't know. Uh, but but Auburn does not seem like they're going to be able to put up much uh, resistance against the dogs in this one. No, no. And this, the dogs are putting out uh, an. I mean, what could end up being a historic defense at the the pace that they're going at right now? I mean, they've got tons of guys notching sacks. I mean, the, and Jordan Davis, not even a sack leader on that team, but a hell of a defensive lineman. I love to watch play football. Uh, you got that that Adam Anderson 
the Dean, the linebackers they have, like their defense is ridiculous. It's stupid. It is uh, what I would. Ex- I mean, when I covered the L- the SEC, what an LSU defense would feel like. Just t- a great player at nearly every position, definitely at every position group. Um, but Georgia's that team now in the SEC and in the country, the best defense in the country. I give Auburn no chance to win, and I'm taking their team total under the 15 and a half. Vince. Yep, yep. I uh, I'm I'm going to be doing that as well. I think. We got one last game here to get to. It is yep. a huge one in the Big Ten. Penn State at Iowa. I mean, this is this is a. I mean, I don't like Big Ten football, but this is a juicy matchup. Very exciting to see Penn State being dogs on the road against Iowa in this one. Yeah, a, a, a top five showdown here. Um, you know, Iowa. Yeah, a slight favorite. Uh, one and a half is what I'm seeing uh, mostly. Um, this Iowa, Iowa seems like the luckiest team in the whole country. You know, they they are getting turnovers at just a ridiculous rate. Uh, I saw a stat that 25 percent uh, of their offensive possessions start in plus tw- territory. Alan, 25 <laughs> percent. Uh, I mean. And and I was normally a team that that as soon as they cross the fifty, they're looking to punt. Uh, but but somehow you know they're 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 getting enough turnovers and and they're putting up a a, a ton of points um, in and winning. I mean I don't think yeah I I don't think their offense is really anything special. They 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 haven't been as good as good uh, as maybe what was projected preseason at least offensively. But their defense is more than making up up for it. In Penn State, I mean, their their defense is definitely coming to play. There, there's no doubt about that. Offensively, they got some good receivers, but you know, kind of inconsistent. You know, otherwise, um, I, I really don't know what to do with this game. I I I, I kind of think Penn State's going to win it just based on the fact that they're more the more aggressive team, and they, you know, they're willing to take a chance. Well, that's exactly why I'm picking Iowa. Because, like you said, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa gets is an opportunistic team, one of if not the most in the country. I mean, they they g- give a short field all the time. They've got a, I mean, a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. So they are playing great Iowa football right now. And Penn State is more of a a boomer bust type team, I think. And they've been booming, but in that atmosphere. I could totally see them busting, and I'm picking them to bust. I like Iowa it, by that one and a half. Give me it. Yeah, it, you you might be right there. I mean, th- this is a really tough game to pick. I don't think I'm going to get involved, but uh, um, I, I I just I hate to say it, but it it, it seems like you know uh, this is going to be an extremely close game, and Penn State's gonna gonna make you know a big play. At the end, uh, in, in, in the the aggressor is going to be rewarded. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but that's the way the way it seems like to me. I just don't have too much respect for Iowa. I don't have a whole lot of respect for Penn State either. Uh, you know, I guess these teams are undefeated, but does anybody really believe these are two top five teams in the whole country? No, no, not at all. Um, I will say, I I think if you just look at uh, their their games leading up to this matchup, uh, what they've done against. 
ranked opponents. Uh, Iowa got Indiana when they were ranked. They smashed them. Penn State smashed Indiana last week. Uh, but the big impressive one, Iowa's win on the road against rival Iowa State, um, where they t- just yeah. t- turned them over, took advantage of them on the road, beat a top 10 team. Penn State's uh, big wins over Auburn and Wisconsin, much closer ball games. Uh, and a thriller kind of against Auburn. I, mean, I was going to say, Wisconsin, I mean, yeah, they squeaked by that game. You know, probably shouldn't have won it. And Wisconsin's one in three. So, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't really classify that as a quality win. Exactly. Uh, they were a top 25 team at the time. Not anymore. Auburn, how impressive was that win, really? At the end of it for Penn State, that's what informs me on this game. I also like the conservativeness of Iowa going into this for this particular matchup, knowing uh, that they're they're willing to make Sean Clifford go out there and beat him. And I don't know if that guy can go out there and win. Well, well, those those receivers Penn State has are pretty good. Um, so you know, if the if he can get those guys the ball, you know, I could see them making a big play um, and, and maybe a big pl- enough play to win the game. Um, so I, it it does it does concern me there. Um, I mean, is Iowa going to be able to make a, a big play offensively in order to to win this game? I mean, what what if Clifford does have a nice game where, and by that I mean like he doesn't turn the ball over at all. He's not like uh, uh, to his brother at Maryland who threw six interceptions last week against <laughs> Iowa. I mean, that was just embarrassing. Yeah, you have to be uh, smart and kind of conservative against Iowa if you're playing quarterback. Um, yeah, this is a great matchup. It's going to be a fun, uh, you know, physical game. And if you're into Big Ten football, then you're going to enjoy it. It's a top five Big Ten matchup. How often do you get to see one of those, Vince? Um, eh, not too, too often. I guess every once in a while, you know, that, that it does does show up. Ohio State versus somebody. Um, it, it, it's an interesting game, certainly for Iowa, because, you know, they they don't have hardly anything left on the rest of their schedule. You know, if they could get by this game, it could be smooth sailing to an undefeated season. Uh, you know, even if Penn State gets by uh, Iowa this game, you know, they they still got to play, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. They still got a tough road uh, for sure. Uh, but also, I would say really a lot on the line for Iowa if they can if they can get through this game unscathed. And since there's no pit game to pick, Vince, let's end it on uh, this then for the college football talk for this week. Um PFF, you know what they give Iowa's chances of making the college football playoff? A little bit better than Pitt. Uh, what was it, like 10%? 51% chance for the okay. Iowa Hawkeyes I, to mean, get into the playoffs. This is a huge game for them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's. I think it seems reasonable. I mean, if they if they could win this game, which is basically a coin flip, um, and then, you know, who they, it, it's hard to say who they would play in the Big Ten championship game uh, at this point. Um, you know, that could, could be a coin flip as well. Most likely, well, it sounds mostly like it'll seems like it'll be Ohio state. I, I don't know. Uh, but say it's them. You got to think Ohio state's still going to be favored in that game. So even 50% still seems like a lot. Uh, maybe they, maybe they think two big 10 teams are going to get in the playoff. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but I do know that, uh, that I was got a great chance if they can get by, uh, uh, Penn State, like you said, this is the big one for them. And then 
Uh, we'll see where they go from there. But this is going to be a great college football atmosphere. And uh, hopefully Fox, it's their big game, right? Of the Is this a, this a big Fox game? Hopefully yeah, they get o'clock. Ashton Kutcher there because he's always good for a big, big Iowa game. Oh, yeah. Ashton, more oh, Ashton I'm, is what I'm I bet he. I bet he'll be there. Uh, <laughs> he may not even know he's there, but he'll be there. You know how they would really win if instead of getting uh, Colt Bennett, they had Bo Bennett there hyping up all the Iowa fans. What do, what do you who do you think Bo Bennett's college team is? Colorado or Colorado State or? Oh uh, yeah, I would say probably Colorado State. Maybe Air Force. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he probably is, is an Air Force, Force guy though. <laughs> <laughs> or, or do you think he trusts plane? Do you think he? I was gonna say, do you think he trusts airplanes? <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely a Colorado State guy. Uh but uh there we go. That's this weekend's college football slate that we're paying attention to. Uh and uh we hope you enjoy the week off, everybody, from uh the anxiety of a pit ACC matchup, but be prepared because the week coming up after this one, it's Virginia Tech week, baby. On the road. Doesn't get any bigger than that on the road in the ACC, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, but there's going to be a, a whole whole hell of a lot at stake in that one. There, it, it is a battle for who's going to be uh, in the in the catbird seat for uh, for for that ACC Coastal Championship. I think that's the only two teams that haven't lost in the Coastal. No conference losses. Uh, going to be an absolutely huge game. It could be even bigger if uh, Virginia Tech can, can beat Notre Dame. Uh, this coming week. And that's a 7.30 Eastern start time if you want to do some opponent scouting. Uh, the Hokies take on the Irish. Of course, we'll be watching that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Vince, I can't wait to hype this game up to, to scout it. Watch that game tape of Notre Dame-Virginia Tech. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't put that on our ledger, but that I can't even. I don't know if I'm not betting on that game. I don't want to bet on on the opponent coming up, and I'm definitely not betting on Notre Dame the rest of the year. You told me not to last week. I should have listened. Yeah, 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 very superstitious not to bet on the opponent you're about to play the following week. I like I like that. <laughs> never, never, ever, ever do it. Uh, but that's that's my strategy. You all could follow your own, uh, just gamble responsibly, as we always say on the show. I don't know if we've ever said that actually on the show, but you should be responsible with it or not. It's your money. Do what you want with your money. I say that. It's your money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anything left for him, Vince, before we get out of here? Just a congratulations to Kodiak, the, uh, the sea eagle. Uh, that escaped from the aviary has been found and returned to the aviary. Uh, and by all accounts, from all the bird doctors that are there, he he's in he's in excellent shape, uh, and hopefully will be returned to uh, um, paying customer viewing sometime soon. And I can't wait for the uh, Disney Channel feature film uh, of the year coming out next year on the story. Uh, Cody the Big Bad Bird does Pittsburgh. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be a great family film for everybody. Do you think that they would make like Babe remake, except it would be with the Sea Eagle and in Pittsburgh? This, yes, yes. The is Steel City that, Sea Eagle. Is that kind of what Babe in the Big City was about, or a, a lost pig? It was he lost in the city. I thought it was he just like skateboarded around the city and won a competition. 
Didn't he play a sport? I don't know. I get my Babe? animal movies mixed up. No pigs were pig least... playing sports. I Did... promise you that. <laughs> well, they hey, they are they are this week against Ole Miss, brother, and you better be watching out. Suey. <laughs> oh, can't wait for that one. All right. Well, tell everybody what they can do in the meantime before they join us next week. I <laughs> just hailed a pit, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow us at H2P Show. And we will be back next week on your favorite podcast platform. Tell your friends that are Pitt fans about the show. We'll see you next week. Hail to Pitt.